Oh, we've got a combination of all the good offseason stories for the 49ers coming together today. Debo Samuel holding out of OTAs. George Kittle speaking on his teammate, young quarterback Trey Lance. And Jimmy G, we almost forgot about him. What's going on there? Albert Breer with an update on Jimmy G's status with the 49ers. All that and more coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is what we do, Croc, and the uh, the offseason never sleeps. We, I hope you've enjoyed our scouting reports that we've been doing about all the 49ers rookies. There's more to go. One more draft pick, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. We haven't covered yet. We'll do the scouting report on him. And- we, haven't, we haven't touched that defense alignment either. Oh, Kalia Davis, you're right. Yeah, okay, we got two. Dude, I almost <laughs> forgot. We got two more draft picks to do scouting reports on good cat rock. And then we'll get into the undrafted free agents as well and probably group them into, um, you know, there's a couple of DBs that I think we'll get to maybe on one episode, some offensive linemen we'll get to on one episode and so forth. So uh, lots to go still lots of tape to crunch for croc and I with the 49ers rookie class incoming, but uh, we're going back to the staples today because we've got a little bit of nuggets on Debo, a little nugget on Trey, a little nugget on Jimmy G. And those have been sort of the rotating storylines all offseason long. And today we got a little bit on all of them. Uh, I want to start with Debo Samuel, who was seen at and Dallas Mavericks playoff game. And I believe Draymond Green either gave him a full jersey or a portion of a jersey. Uh, I think it was the full jersey that, that I Debo think it was the full got. jersey. Yeah, from Draymond Green. Debo doesn't want no piece of no jersey, like a like a baseball, like a basketball card or something, a refractor. Um, yeah, so Debo in Dallas yesterday, not at the opening of OTAs today. So the holdout is officially on Debo Samuel not showing up to the OTA practices with uh, most of the rest of his teammates. And really, not something surprising, right, Croc? We'll we'll find out how serious Debo is. Also, not mandatory, right? That's that, and that's the key. So, whenever Debo can miss something where it's mandatory, the mandatory mini camp coming up in June is the big first hurdle, and that won't hurt his pocketbook too bad if he wants to hold out from that. If he gets fined for it, but training camp is really the big one, and and you start getting hit every single day, and. It's out of the team's hands now, too, with the new collective bargaining agreement. So they can't do the thing where they say, oh, we'll forgive you for your days that you didn't show up and, and not fine you. It, it's automatic. So if he doesn't show up to those training camp practices, he's going to get fined 40K a day. So uh, that's when things will get serious, when Debo stops showing up to the mandatory portions of the 49ers offseason. But we're into phase, what is it, phase? I always forget which phase number it is. Is it phase three now <laughs> for OTA starting? I don't know. I, I, I've lost track, but I will say this: the importance that people are putting on OTAs that are starting tomorrow is just interesting. With everything that's come out up until this point surrounding Trey Lance, I know we'll get to Trey Lance, but it's like all you know, underwhelming this and that. And it's like, well, if the OTAs portion of them being on the field starts tomorrow, what what's all the fuss been about? 
it's all it's all holdover stuff. It's all we I think we know where it's coming from. It's not coming okay. from the building. It's coming from outside the building. It's old stuff from last year. It's some people with some sour grapes. And uh, we'll find out. We don't know what Trey Lance is going to be, but nobody does in 2022 because he hasn't hit the field yet. And that starts now with uh, with OTAs as they get ready for the 2022 season and start preparing for training camp. So we got OTAs and we got mandatory mini camps and then we've got training camp getting going in late July. So we'll actually get some and the media is going to be available at OTAs Tuesday. So we'll have some actual media reports on what things do look like there. And I'm sure Trey Lance will be a big part of those reports. And we'll cover that with uh, with Wink on Wednesday, I'm sure. We're and are they able to watch the entire practice? Because, you know, a lot of times they get in and they can watch some warm-ups and some stuff. And then they have to go to another portion, either like not even on the field at all or in the area where they can see, but they're kind of like far away. I think that's how they... Uh, something like that. I don't think they're going to have an opportunity to watch the entire practice, but they'll at least be able to see Trey Lance's arm fitness at this point of the offseason. <laughs> if he's like walking around and like holding his arm after he tries to throw a ball 40 yards down the field or something, we'll know that there's a problem with his arm fitness. But um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, at least the media will be there and there will be some availability and I'm sure some interviews and, and all that stuff with the 49ers and OTAs. But Debo Samuel will not be there will he show up training camp is the big question or can they get a deal done before that but it's sounding more and more like and it's really funny with how all the reporting is gone with Debo it's like oh man don't even offer him a contract because he's not going to sign it you know that that was where his stance was wants to be traded and then as soon as the draft came and went it was like oh yeah he can only negotiate with one team and that team's the 49ers so they can probably get a deal done so now all the reports that are coming out from uh, the national media folks are like, yeah, oh yeah, never mind. They they'll probably get a deal done then. So, uh, leverage play by Debo didn't work before the draft, and we'll see how that goes for him post draft. Now, 49ers can get a deal done before training camp, and and hopefully they will. A quick bit of news here: the 49ers targeting tight ends. They brought in Fumagalli post draft, and they had signed an undrafted free agent tight end, then waived that same tight end, brought in Fumagalli, uh, a veteran tight end, and then today brought in another veteran tight end Tyler Croft he used to play with the Bengals I think he spent some time with the Bills and the Jets as well and according to his agent Mike McCartney relayed by Matt Mayoko the 49ers have reached contract terms with tight end Tyler Croft Croft had 101 catches for 1,024 yards and 13 touchdowns in seven seasons so far throughout his career and he's been a uh, mostly I remember him being a backup tight end and, and started a couple games with the Bengals a few years ago but, you know, competition, right? Competition across the roster. And it sounds like tie, like backup tied end is somewhere where they wanted to get a little stronger this year. Yeah, I don't anticipate them bringing in competition for George Kittle. No. But Ross Duelli, Kyle, uh, Warner, you know, those guys, you know, we'll see. And obviously, I mean, you know, when you, when you see a signing this late into the offseason, when I say this late, I mean, even start OTAs, that's still fairly late. I don't think you're expecting, you know, a ton from that player, but who knows? Maybe he does come in and he is able to unseat one of those two uh, reserve tight ends. Ross Dwelly on notice. Yeah. Ross Dwelly. Did you see one of our listeners? Oh, I didn't save it. One of our listeners, speaking of 49ers tight ends, apparently Charlie Warner's family owns a gym in Georgia, I think. And one of our listeners, shout out to whoever it was, because I lost the tweet, uh, sent a photo of us of a built bar and found it at yeah. the gym. So they're selling it at Charlie Warner's family's 
Jim, somewhere in Georgia. So that's pretty cool. Damon, there it is. I found it. Damon, he found it at the at the gym. And so he got himself a built bar. I'm waiting for the scouting report from Damon on that delicious protein-filled built bar. That. Charlie Warner and his family, man. The, that, that's the real people's tight end. Doing yeah. the good work of, of you know spreading the word about the built bars. Let's go. Love it. Yeah. And uh it, it, it probably helps if you're Family owns a gym, right, Croc? This is going to be one of those. Uh, you, you got a lot of kids running around. Some of those kids got to hit your gym hard when that thing's done. And, and maybe we're talking about uh, future little Crockies running around there professionally because they were spending time at dad's gym. I know. I know. Um, my son, D, D and Juice, they're a little older right now. They're doing their thing. Pickle. She's definitely one to keep an eye on. She's got some spunk to her. Yeah. She's smart as a whip. And uh, she'll tell dad what the score is, I've noticed, which is so, yeah, she's got a lot going for it. <laughs> yeah. They're all skinny, but I guess everyone, I was like, Croc, were you, how skinny were you when you were a kid? Were you a little skinny kid? I was definitely a skinny kid. I wasn't as tall as Juice. Now, Juice is 5'11 right now. And when I was 14 years old, I definitely was not 5'11. I was like 5'5. Five, five. I was too. I think I was 5'5. Five, in eighth grade and at some point i hit a spurt in high school and like showed up to my junior year and i was six two but uh oh it's just skinny just real skinny yeah. when i was a kid yeah my junior year that was my spurt from from like kind of you know that second semester of sophomore year to the time like i was actually a junior or like that summer i was six one i went from like five seven to like six one or something like that was there a certain point when you really started hitting weights? Was it high school? Was it was it college? Was it uh, was it not until you got like arena league style? Because um, I've seen some photos of you recently from your days in the arena league, and you were pretty lean then too. But you know, you you had some you you were you weren't skinny necessarily. But um, I can tell you've hit weights harder. I'm not saying you've gained weight, Croc. I'm saying you hit weights harder <laughs> recently. I could tell, but. You were you were pretty dang lean back in the day. So I I I was really strong. I yeah, I never really cared about the weights. I actually never really cared to work out. I was someone who would work out because that like that's what I need to do to be good on the field. So whatever was required of lifting weights, I would do it and I would like I would lift hard. So like in college, you know, like I, I mean I put up 225 like 14 times or something like that, you know, going to my senior year, you know, so, you know, I, I would hit the weights pretty hard, but it wasn't probably until like recently where I actually like enjoy working out and like held myself accountable. Now I was strong at different points because I would train hard, you know, I'm getting ready for the jets. I was working out three times a day. You know, I would do my morning lift and then around noon, I would do my on-field DB drill stuff. And then um, later at night, I would do some cardio stuff. So, um, I mean, I, I went there, I, I, re I reported in, at you know shade under six foot two i was around 198 pounds and i was like seven percent body fat like i was i was pretty strong and i had some teammates that are like three percent body fat and i'm like dude are you about to die like that's <laughs> i don't think you're supposed to believe be below four <laughs> my guy thomas mayo thomas mayo had like him and joe collins joe collins was like four percent body fat because you know we'd see what you get in this cute cool uh eggshell thing and it measures your body fat and all this stuff those dudes were like at first, I was like nine or ten, and I got down from there. But I mean, those dudes are like three, four percent body fat. I'm like, I don't even know if that's safe, but I mean, they were good. Yeah, 
that that is unsafe. I think you're you're in the right spot there with your seven percent crock. Yeah. All right. We've got to move on to some other storylines here. George Kittle talking about his quarterback, both of his quarterbacks actually in, in, in Trey Lance and Jimmy G, but it was really key what he was talking about with, with Trey Lance and, and his next step and his evolution as an NFL quarterback. And then Albert Breer spoke on where the 49ers are at with Jimmy Garoppolo. That is coming up. But first, how about Rock Auto? With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, pretty much impossible for you to find all the parts you need at your local chain store. Uh, and and yeah, how could they, right? You can't go into this little store and they have everything you need for your car. But at rockauto.com, it's like having an auto parts store in your pocket, right? We're all walking around with computers in our pockets. Why worry about this local chain store that is upselling you 50%, 100% on these parts when you can find everything you need for literally every vehicle, an amazing selection and inventory at rockauto.com in your pocket. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, that costs $353 from your local chain store. But at rockauto.com, that same part is about almost $150 cheaper, $216 for the same part at rockauto.com. A family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer, do-it-yourselfers and professionals alike they have every kind of part you need big parts and small parts no matter what you're comfortable doing with your car make sure you keep it on the road make sure you keep your windshields clean make sure you keep your uh, carpet clean and you can replace it with new carpet if you need from rockauto.com so get over to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. For example, the the, the take of the day might be something about how trash the Lakers are and how amazing the Warriors are on their run to yet another world championship. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things, so it was funny seeing Debo on the broadcast, right? Knowing that OTA is going to start today and kind of knew, knew he wasn't going to take a flight from Dallas to uh, to Santa Clara and, you know, San Jose to Santa Clara and, and be at OTAs for the 49ers. But why is he spending so much time in Dallas? And he liked that one tweet, remember, <laughs> about the, putting him, there was someone that did an edit with him in a Cowboys uniform or something like that. Um, I, I don't like this Dallas stuff with Debo. He needs to come yeah. to Oracle or not Oracle uh, chase center now and, and, and catch the warriors. Although I don't think that series is getting back to chase center. Dallas might just have, you know, a good vibe. And, you know, I've seen them out there kind of with C lamb. I will say this, there was a person standing next to him in that photo with Jermon Jer- green. Nobody talked about who that person was, but that's uh, Mo, Mo, Mo Wells. All right. So Mo Wells, he's a speed coach for, um, he does a lot of training for the uh, uh, I Am Athlete, but not I Am Athlete podcast. What, what's the what's the gym called? Brandon Marshall has a huge gym, and now he's creating like franchises of them. They're, they look magnificent. Well, Mo Will is like head of like the speed and conditioning type stuff. Like he's like a legit speed guy. That's who was standing next to Debo Samuel. So maybe he's in Dallas working with Mo Mo Wells. 
I thought it was smoky. Smoky. Yeah. From Friday? From Friday, yeah. Debo and Smokey, right? Oh gosh. Big worm, big, big worm maybe was there, you know, the other side. Big worm. Yeah. I Mo Wills, he's a speed, speed guy. Maybe Debo's out there working on his speed. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's get Debo keep working on that speed. He was looking svelte. I don't know if it was because of the all black or what, but what do you think about the dual watches and some serious chainage going on? And it looked like was it a Bitcoin? It looked like the big nah, I think it's a D, it's a D and a B. He has like his own like D, okay, okay. like it's like a yeah, a D and a B like logo or something like that. Okay, and got he it. has his own that. So I think that's what that is. You know, these young youngsters, man, they got the chunky chains. I you know, I can't afford it, but chunky um, chains and everyone's gotta have their own logo too. Everybody got their own logo. Branding. Branding uh, branding is really big. So there's that. But yeah, he he wears all black. And um one thing, I'm not I'm not a big fashionista type person. I usually have to go to my brother for these things. So when you talk about the first, the, the double watches, I, man, my brother FaceTimed me too. And I forgot to ask him about that, but there might be something to that. And something you know, probably had the time in Dallas and then the time in Santa Clara on the other wrist. Cause he didn't want to, he wanted to know what kind of <laughs> is. Yeah, I doubt that he, I still don't know how much he really <laughs> wants to do with the 49ers right now. So we'll, we'll see. But um, no, nah, he, yeah, I, I see him. He's shining. All right, got the jewelry on, bling, bling, all that good stuff. And I've never really been a big person of, like, the contrasting, like, all black and then, like, white shoes. But the Jordans he had on, I believe he had on some Jordans, they look good. They look good with the all black. And usually I'm not a fan of that. But Debo, there are certain people that know how to put on stuff well and look good in it. Debo's definitely one of them. He's good. I, I've seen his Instagram. I've seen all his pictures. I've seen all that. He puts on he puts on the clothes good. And I don't know if it's because of how he's built, which is weird. I, I'm always wondering, like, how does he find pants that fit him? Because he does wear the skinny jeans. He, he wears the skinny pants, for yeah. sure. But even then, pants that fit around his thighs. But then, I don't know. But the way he puts it on, it always looks good. I'm like, Debo, Debo comes with it. I was going to say that because a lot of football players in plain clothes, it's really hard for them to pull it off. It's a lot e easier for, you know, uh, especially, you know, thinner wide receivers or, or DBs or something like that or quarterbacks maybe. But, you know, some of the bigger guys, you see him trying to dress up. He's like, hey, it's, it's hard to, to wear those skinny jeans and, and probably even to find skinny jeans that fit you when you're built like that. And Debo's, that's what I was saying. He's looking, you know, he was able to slip into those skinny jeans. So I think he has been working on his speed. Right. Debo, I, I saw him. There was a picture of him wearing like, oh, it was the one that was like 25,000 or nothing. And I I mean, whatever the caption or not 25,000, 25 million, excuse me. Million. Super, super low ball in there. Uh, <laughs> he's like 25,000. What the hell are you talking about? Or 25 million or they don't want it or whatever. But everybody's focused on that. I'm focused on what he's wearing. I'm like, man, this guy pulled off all leather. It was all black leather. I mean, it was like black pants, leather. And I'm just like, man, how does he do that? Like, and it looks good on him. There's a couple of listeners that get mad when we talk about Jersey numbers and, and swag and things like that. Uh, but since we're already talking about it, I got to ask you. 86 for Trash. Danny J. See, I Trash. like it. I like 86. What? It's a good number. And I think that it's not such a bad number that it's a it's a perfect number for you to be yourself and own it. And then when you think of 86, you think of Danny Gray, right? I don't think it's a bad number by I don't, you know, it's not number one, but when everyone else is like, oh, I want number one, I'll pay you $100,000 to get number one. It's like everyone's trying to fight for the same numbers. Go be your own person. Go get your own number. As long as it's not a terrible number, and I don't think it is, 
it's a little thick on a skinny guy. I will say that like, it's pretty big, but I think he could own it. And, and it's kind of an old school number. You know, he could fit right in with those late eighties, early nineties, 49ers, you know, you go Jerry Rice and, and John Taylor. And then here comes 86 and Danny Gray out there on the field. So I like Danny Gray looking like uh, a ways or whatever his name was. <laughs> Remember him? A ways Like we'll be able to go. We'll be able to look back in 10 years and be like, the best 86 ever for the 49ers, right? Own that number. When you think of 86, you're going to think of Danny Gray. So I love it. Listen, if you are a Danny Gray fan or a member of his family, do not buy the 86 jersey because the moment he's able to get out of that, <laughs> he will be out of that. He is. I can, I'm willing to bet money with any listener. He will not wear 86 past preseason. Wow. Okay. I like it. I like 86. I hope he wears it. He won't wear it. What does he go to? Something else. So it's like, <laughs> you know what? You know what number never works with the 49ers is 49. Guys get stuck with that all the time and it never works and it never sticks for anybody. Nobody's ever been good wearing 49. Isn't that weird? You would think that 49 would be like some, you know, really, uh, you know, like in, w- with LSU, you get number seven or whatever. You think 49 would be like, you know, okay, I, I get to wear 49 for the 49ers. It's special. When Michigan is number one. Like, yeah, when Michigan, at least on offense, or at least it used to be. That, that used to be Michigan's thing. If you were number one on offense, remember there was like Braylon Edwards. There was some other guys too where – you know, if you if you get that number one jersey, David Terrell, back in the day, I don't know some of y'all OGs might remember David Terrell. Yeah, got drafted to the Bears, didn't do anything. But when you get to put that number one on, like that was a big deal. And the 49ers just, I mean, number forty nine is just hella ugly. So who wants to wear that? <laughs> it's a weird position too, because like, it what what position you play for forty nine? Maybe be a box safety, or maybe be a a fullback, or you know, a, a tight end. But it just it doesn't really work great for any of those positions. It's just I like that, the LSU tradition. Number seven, I like that. Notre Dame has number three, right? I think it's the same uh, type of deal. I don't know. Rick Meyer, Joe Montana. He was number three, wasn't he? I gotta check that. I'm pretty sure Joe Montana wore that number three. I think that's a that's a big one, man. But okay, we didn't get to the Albert Breer and Debo Samuel. We'll get to that next. We'll, we'll get to that next. Yeah, Albert Breer talking about the plan with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, okay. Joe Montana was number three. I was right at Notre Dame. It's a big one. And George Kittle's comments on young Trey Lance next. But how about those built bars? Shout out to Damon, who's uh, gobbling up built bars at Charlie Warner's family's gym in the state of Georgia. And some, I think he had the raspberry flavor, which is a good choice. I love some of those classic flavors, raspberry and cookies and cream and salted caramel. And peanut butter is my number one of built bars. But the puffs are pretty amazing. Protein infused marshmallows. And how about the newest brownie batter puff at built.com? It's a, it's a new creation that is one of the best ever that I know folks in the Locked On DMs privately have always battled on which is the best Built Bar flavor. And I think brownie batter might be leading right now, and everyone seems to love it. Protein bars to a whole new level, and they are available right now on Built.com. Have you ever tried the Built Bar Puffs? Well, if you're not, you don't know what you are missing. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar, delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate, only 140 calories and 17 grams of protein with the brownie batter 
Puff, and it's only available for a limited time, so you're going to have to move quickly. If you're not sure what flavor of Built Bars you want, then you can get a mixed box of Built Bars as well. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. According to Albert Breer in his Monday morning quarterback article, the 49ers have, quote, had an open line of communication with Jimmy Garoppolo's camp and are still planning to trade him. I love it. <laughs> They're going, I mean, Jimmy G is on the block waiting for that phone call. And look, it, it never made any sense. And I know people want immediacy and want closure with this whole thing. It never made any sense for the 49ers to cut him any of this time until he's fully healthy doesn't have that injury guarantee anymore. If they can't get a trade offer, then they can cut him. But they still have an opportunity to maybe get something in trade. So once Jimmy starts throwing, maybe we'll see if something happens here. And we're into June almost, and June is when he's supposed to start throwing. So when he's cleared, June, July, maybe we can see some movement. And maybe Jimmy Garoppolo will get traded before training camp starts. We'll see. Uh, Again, I, I still take their word for it when they said that they don't want to release him. And for the reasons why, and I truly understand that. I think for any other reasons, you know, you would have to let them go. In the moment somebody comes along that needs a quarterback, I'm pretty sure they're hoping. I mean, obviously you don't wish injury on anyone, but they are hoping that an injury happens to where they are able to get rid of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So uh, I'm not surprised he's still on the roster. I'm also not surprised that they're trying to trade him. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see if they can actually get something for him. But it's kind of just where the 49ers have to be. But you know, the the communication part is key. So I wonder where they got that information. Was it from the agent Don Yee, or was it from the 49ers somewhere? Because um, there's been a lot of talk that, and we've got, we've hashed this out about Jimmy Garoppolo and if it you know he wants to get cut or whatever. Like I don't think Jimmy wants to get cut. I don't think it helps him. And I'd like to, I think he'd like to be able to choose his spot eventually, but he's not going to make more money by getting cut. So I don't think he needs to get cut. And I don't, I don't think he necessarily just wants to get cut, but I also know that he does not want to be in that situation. Just again, when, when he came out and said, I don't wish that situation on my worst enemy, like it's uncomfortable. And we'll get to some of George Kittle's comments on Trey Lance as well. But the first thing in that little part of the segment that Pat McAfee asked was like, man, what, what was it awkward? He was like, oh man, I mean, you know, Jimmy handled it very professionally and he put Trey Lance under his wings and he was, you know, led him and taught him everything, you know, or wh whatever, right? And all those things, cool, that's good for Trey Lance. But if I'm Jimmy, like, I don't want to be in this situation. Everybody understands the business aspect of things. I remember sitting there with Antonio Comardi right next to me. And, and the New York Jets drafted D. Miller. And I remember uh, Antonio Camardi was like, well, this is going to be my last year here. Like, he just knew, like, the business aspect of it, he understood what it was. You know, now, he wasn't going to be asked about D. Milliner every day like Jimmy Garoppolo is and everyone else. But just, try, you know, just truly understanding, like, this is my cap hit and, and what the cap is. And a younger player that they're bringing in and kind of understanding the dynamics of that. And Jimmy Garoppolo understood the dynamics of the 49ers drafting Trey Lance. And it was, it was weird. It was awkward. So 
I, I do think that there is this, you know, money, right? From a money standpoint, he doesn't want to get released. But what if, what if he doesn't care about the money? And I know that seems kind of crazy, right? But I mean, he's already pocketed over a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, excuse me, from the 49ers. Here I am lowballing people again. He's already pocketed over a hundred million dollars from the 49ers. So if he's not this, you know, jewelry wearing, you know, Bentley coupe truck driving, you know, if he's not that guy, he's not just blowing money everywhere. And I think he has this Travis something deal with clothing and stuff. He's probably very well off to the point where it's like, I can take a $10 million hit or $15 million hit and go somewhere where I have an opportunity to really be the guy long-term as opposed to staying here another year and dealing with that back and forth situation that I don't want to be in. So maybe he does want to get released. I don't know. It's easy to say that the money part's not a big deal until, you know, you want a second watch. And then you need you need that bank account to be. Full. Have you seen Jimmy? Do you see what he wears? Now again, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. Like, I'm not counting this part, but he just certain people they just end up staying rich. I, I think he's that person. Like he's always going to be rich. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't well, think money is ever going to be an issue for him. He, so, from, he he took a lot from Tom Brady early in his career. One of them was how to be a pro. That's the, hold, hold on, that's different. And another one was how I'm to. Uh, Hill, who's like the richest it. model in the world, so well, yeah. can't. In, in, can't compare that, but just in the sense of, like, if if I if I'm good on money, and I say good, I mean again, he has made over 100 million dollars from the 49ers in just a few years. He is probably set to the point where if he has to take a 15 million, 10 million dollar hit or whatever because he gets released, but he goes to a place that gives him opportunity to play, and it seems like he's like a competitor. And he's a great leader and all those things. The money might not sway him. He might just be like, dude, like, I'm gonna just let me go. Ten million, like, not saying that that's a little bit of money, but it might not be enough to where he wants to stay in that crappy situation for him. Crappy for him. So Tom Brady and Giselle got married in February of 2009, which means Tom Brady was dang, was he? 31 years old? Probably Jimmy, roughly that. He's not 30 yet. So I don't know if he's got eyes on uh on the prize yet. So maybe he's 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 found himself. It's also cheaper when you when you don't have a, a wife or something. Right. That's why. So he's waiting. Right. So he stayed single, smart guy, he's trying to save some of that money until he finds the right woman that uh potentially makes more than he does, even. So <laughs> there you go. See, smart. He learned something from Tom Brady. George Kittle said about Trey Lance on the Pat McAfee show that, quote, once Trey Lance gets a lot of reps, just watch out because some of the things I've seen him do in practice mind boggles me. He didn't say that, okay, this kid's pretty talented. He said, look out, mind boggling some of the things he's seen in practice from Trey Lance. So I may know that. And I wanted to ask you a question. And we've we've asked certain questions about the whole Trey Lance situation, right? Like, what does it mean to be ready? Right. And essentially, I think what he's saying here, kind of reading between the lines, is he's not quite there yet in the sense of, you know, being able to like like he's not gonna step on the field and beat Josh Allen, <laughs> right? And I don't think anybody's expecting that, but he just know like that's not where he's at right now. But he said when he gets more reps. So I just want to ask you, what, what do you think that means? Because we hear that a lot. Trey Lance needs reps. I know I've said it a bunch, and I have my idea of what it means in my head, but what do you think it means? 
Yeah, he needs to play football. I mean, you go back to Bill Parcells, his his Ten Commandments or whatever it was for what he's looking for in a quarterback, right? And it was like three years starting in college, uh, graduating. It was uh, it was all these things. And Trey Lance didn't hit any of them except for being a sixty percent passer or whatever it was. And like some of this is old because everybody completes sixty percent of passes now in college. It didn't used to be that way, but and and rarely do quarterbacks hit those Ten Commandments anymore because they all come out so early at the first possible time. But he played one year at FCS. Like, it's crazy. We've talked about it before. Nobody has ever been drafted with that resume, ever. Let alone first round, let alone trading three picks to get him in top three. Never has a quarterback played one season of FCS, and that one season wasn't even the year before he got drafted. And and so, like, he needs to play football. And so he just needs to experience everything. What's it like during game week? What's it like to prepare to get ready to play? What's it like when you have adversity? He threw zero interceptions that one season at the FCS level, right? What's the speed look like? He's already adjusting. You can tell as a runner to the speed. He got, I mean, he got torpedoed by, uh, it was Justin Reed, right, against the, the Texans when he thought yeah. he was just going to scramble out and go get himself a little first down. I was like, wait, what the hell? I didn't even get back to the line of scrimmage before this guy got me, right? <laughs> Trying to truck dudes, he can't do that. The speed of the game, um, you can see it. He he doesn't hit uh the remember the, the in the same game, the slants were there. He didn't hit his first or second read. He had to come back and then kind of roll out and he made a play. So you see the talent, but you see that there's just a he, he's got to adjust to the speed of the game. He needs reps, he needs reps everywhere. He needs to face adversity, he needs to go through the reps to, to be more efficient as a passer, get the ball out quicker, and it's gonna take time, and maybe it's even ugly for a while, but it's the last thing he needs. And if your argument is he's not ready to get reps, then he'll never be ready because he needs reps to be ready. Right. And, and I think, again, I, I believe that that's kind of what George Kittle was alluding to. And he also kind of closed with, at least in that little segment on Trey Lance, with, hey, and if we, you know, he's going to have his lumps, but we have a good enough team to be able to overcome some of those things. And if they have to take a little bit off of his plate and run more, which, I mean, you, they had to do the same thing for Jimmy Garoppolo in his eighth year, <laughs> right? Or ninth year, whatever year it was, when everybody was like, oh, the 49ers, they found their identity. And I'm like, wait, to run the ball 40 times a game? Like, that's the identity on the three-game win streak, <laughs> right? So, I mean, like, it wouldn't be something, like, super out of the ordinary. But, you know, to have to be able to lean on something and take some off of a young kid's plate, as opposed to, let's say, Justin Herbert, who's doing an amazing job throwing, right? I mean, his trajectory is like through the roof with where he's headed in, in his quarterback stardom. But it's not necessarily like resulting in wins. So, you know, and not because of him. It's just the situation. Like he's asked to do a certain thing. And a lot of times if you're asked to play that style or that brand of football, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. And the Chargers, who have a good team and good roster, they missed the playoffs last year. Now, I think they're – Head coach has something to do with that, calling a stupid fourth down blaze. Yeah. I mean, fourth, fourth and five in your own territory. He's like, go for it. Like, dude, it's the third quarter. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, so he did a lot of stupid stuff. But, anyways, Trey Lance, in, in the sense of like, he just needs reps. I just think it, he just needs like the game has to slow down. Uh, just throwing the ball, just, just throwing. You, you look at Herbert, oh, Chris Sims, he ranked his starting quarterbacks or whatever. And one of the things he talked about with with um, uh, Trey Lance was, uh, you know, like he's he's fighting to be 
you know, 50% or like above passer. Like he's like, it's a struggle like to get there. And I, I get what he's saying from the sense of like, it's just, everything isn't like 100% natural for him yet. You know, just throwing the football, which he is a quarterback and he threw the ball well at North Dakota state. But even then what they asked of him wasn't quite the same, or at least, you know, what, how he was going to have to win at that level as a thrower is a little bit different at the NFL level. So again, just a lot of the throws. And again, you're going to go through some of these lumps, things like that, but I don't think that means you're going to lose games. So I'm curious to just see, you know, what it looks like with them trying to get by, you know, how do they make some of the things easy? He, he He's proven he can make some of the throws and tight window throws. And obviously he's a playmaker and things like that, but the reps and just hearing George Kittle say that, and I'm like, yeah, like, he just needs to throw the damn football. He's a quarterback yeah. and he hasn't had a lot of attempts. And that starts in practice OTAs. He needs all these reps. And so that's where Jimmy Garoppolo can't come in and compete with him in camp because he needs as much as possible. And that's now that's, that's a yeah. thing right there, right? Where, you know, it's like you, this guy, we're, we're saying, oh, he needs reps. He needs reps. He needs starting reps. Like he needs, because the talent is through the roof. You can, you can look at him right now. And, and there's a scenario where in 707, him and, Nate Subfield looked the same, or maybe Nate Subfield could even look better, right? But their talent and ability is on two different levels, but you just got to do whatever to get Trey Lance there. And that's why, I mean, I was so on board with him playing last year because my whole thing was you got to play Trey Lance now to get him as close to whatever his ceiling is or what you think he can be. You got to, you got to, whatever you got to do to get him there, that needs to start happening now. And I just thought last year, maybe he got better on practice. We'll see. But I think we'd be much more comfortable where Trey Lance is today if he had played all of last year, whether it was good or bad. Yeah, and you've seen all these running backs and, and offensive linemen they're drafting, and clearly they're going to run the ball to try, try to protect their young quarterback. But they needed to play defense and run the ball for Jimmy Garoppolo to win games too. So, um, yeah, there's obviously some high end there, and maybe we won't see it right away. Maybe it'll take a little bit of time, but there's – there's clearly talent there, and George Kittle talks about it and is giving him high praise on what he could possibly be. And, oh, yeah, Trey Lance is going to go to tight end university in Nashville with George Kittle and a bunch of NFL tight ends and be throwing balls there. So that'll be a cool experience for him. Last thing really quick on Trey Lance. Since we're talking to Dr. Drip here today, Eric Crocker, can Trey Lance ever be truly great with that haircut? Oh, you know, these young kids, they kind of wear their hair like that. So I think that's just like okay. their, their thing. His haircut, I, I think there's a little something. bit of thinning. I think there's a little thinning going on there. I don't know. Some not quite right. So I think there's What's a little happening? thinning. I think there's a little thinning going on. Oh, okay. That's what it looks like to me. So uh, I don't know. Could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I say this, you're talking about drip on the field. Trey Lance, he's, he's, it's as, it's pretty much as good as it gets. Yep, I like his suit on draft day, with the bow tie. Yeah, he got swag, man. Oh, he wore the shades out there. I was like, that's dope. Yeah, that's clean. Yeah, and uh, when you're yeah, no when you're big and also athletic at quarterback, it looks different, right? It's like, oh man, right. this guy's he's got something to him. So yeah, he he definitely looks good wearing that number five. But yeah, his hair, uh, I don't know. My brother hates it. He's and, a cowboy fan, but. <laughs> Danny Gray looks good in 86 too, by the way. So I'm, I'm sticking with yeah. that. Danny Gray, don't change your number. Own 86. Make people remember 86 because of you. Don't buy the jersey. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen back tomorrow. Winky Wednesday style right here. Locked On 49ers.